here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm going to circle back to this, but just to make an opening comment on it. First of all, I hope you had a great weekend, a great Father's Day and so forth. So a federal judge, not really a federal judge, but nonetheless, a judge rules that President Trump cannot discuss or post on social media uh, the substance of these classified documents. Sounds pretty sensible, right? Well, let me ask you a question. Should this matter go to court? Who brought up classified documents, Mr. Producer? The government, right? In fact, they took pictures of classified documents, at least the covers, boxes, made allegations that he'd endangered the United States. Their patsy, Bill Barr, has been all over TV making the same allegations. Well, in this country, you actually get to defend yourself, and you get to defend yourself in open court. We don't have secret trials in this country. Framers were very, very, excuse <coughs> me, smart people. You know, if I'm Donald Trump's lawyer and a lawyer for anybody in this position, I'd go document by document to make a determination, number one, if it is, in fact, a classified document. What's in the document? And how, if he did, the former president declassified the document. Now, some might say the issue of declassification really doesn't matter at this point because we're dealing with an obstruction case. Excuse me. It's all over the 49 pages. Why would you include photographs of the sort that the prosecution did and then all of a sudden say, we're not discussing this? So first and foremost, 
that courtroom, that courthouse is going to have to figure out how they're going to deal with this. And the government put the judge in this position. But you have a right to go through every damn document. Even to question its, its classification. Things are overclassified. Things that shouldn't be classified. And the other thing that's interesting to me is, has there been a leak investigation taking place here by the Department of Justice and the FBI? Because there's only one party leaking, and that is the special counsel's office. They're the ones leaking. The leaking about the grand jury for months. The other leaking taking place. Is anybody going to chase any of those felonies or not? These are rhetorical questions, of course. And then ask yourself, we're going to have a great lawyer on this program. I read his piece that was in the Federalist last week, William Scharf. And he really is a former federal prosecutor of the top order. Uh, and he's running for Attorney General of Missouri, as it turns out. And I'm going to have him on this program. We're going to go through some of these points. But one of, I think, the important points he raises, something I'd been thinking about myself, was why didn't they wait till after the election to bring the charges? Why not? There's no statute of limitations that would have been violated. There's no statute of limitations that would have been violated. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice Bill Barr is all over television now. His attacks on Trump are getting increasingly emotional, increasingly unhinged and irrational. Nothing's changed. I don't really watch the guy. I got other things to do. We do have some of the clips. But whenever you bring up a substantive point, apparently, he just blows it off, which means he doesn't know how to answer it. And it's sad. He goes on these shows with these softball interviews. And the questioner doesn't know enough about the law or practices involving these laws to challenge him because they don't want to challenge him. You've got him on TV. You've got John Bolton on TV. And interestingly enough, uh, he was challenging John Bolton's revelation of classified information or at least allegations of classified information in his book, and Judge Royce Lamberth admonished John Bolton. They didn't bring any criminal charges against John Bolton. Then you have his former chief of staff, General Kelly. He's out there, too, doing his thing. So all the long knives are out. This is the ruling class. Bill Barr, John Bolton, General Kelly, they've all been in and around Washington, D.C. for decades. And they're trying to strike back. And there'll be more. But in the end, they don't matter. How many of you care what Bill Barr has to say? How many of you care what John Bolton has to say? How many of you care what General Kelly has to say? And I would also say this to Mike Pence. You read the prosecution's document. You know nothing else. You're probably being advised by your aide, Mark Short. 
to try to somehow distinguish yourself from the crowd (coughs) by trashing Trump. You're not distinguishing yourself from the crowd. You're making it more and more obvious that maybe you should have been charged under the Espionage Act. In other words, you don't have clean hands. The issue isn't whether you have really, really dirty hands versus just dirty hands. Apparently, you did something that most vice presidents don't do, Mike, and that is you had one or two or more documents at your home that were classified. So that means that you violated, according to Bill Barr, according to Jack the Ripper Smith, according to Merrick Garland, you violated the Espionage Act. You committed a felony. So keep that in mind. And Bill Barr has not been asked on a single one of these programs about his handling of classified information. I'll continue to ask. I did on my show last night. Bill, did you ever read classified information while you were being ushered from home to work or work to home? Did you or not? It's a very simple question. If you said you didn't, I'd like to know the name of your FBI escort and your driver. Because this is how it works, you see. This is how it works. Donald Trump was not a threat to anybody. He didn't threaten anybody. The classified information, such as it was, was perfectly protected. When you mention Lyndon Johnson or Hillary Clinton, oh, oh, what about is it? No, it's not what about is it. It's about equal application to the law. And let me ask you this question, ladies and gentlemen. I think Alan Dershowitz raises it, and he does so very well, as he does so many things. Do you think the nation's better off for Trump having been indicted than if he hadn't been? Do you think the nation's better off... I don't care about Bill Barr's personal animus and peculiarities. I don't care about John Bolton's personal animus and peculiarities and all the rest of them. All trying to get even. I understand they've been humiliated, that they're embarrassed. I got it. But it seems to me if they really cared about the country, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. But they are. Bill Barr went on CBS. He's been on Fox repeatedly. Bill Barr has been on Meet the Press. Bill Barr wrote a piece in the Wall piece, what was in the Wall Street Journal, Mr. Producer. He's having a grand old time. He can't get over this. He can't get over the fact that he was fired. Because he's never been fired, I suppose. I don't know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? 
Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Now, here's a downer. So here, I, I didn't mean to mislead you. I want to deal with this. Now I get it over with. Bill Barr on Face the Nation. Here it is, Father's Day, and this is what Bill Barr is doing. He's on Face the Nation. And he's in New York. Just shows you how desperate. And he's being questioned by Robert Costa. Robert Costa used to work for National Review. Then he went big time to the Washington Compost. And now he does deface the nation. Cut one, go. Do you believe that that he continues to claim that he has all these privileges and rights under the Presidential Records Act? Is he mischaracterizing the act? Absolutely. Uh, the legal theory by which he gets to take battle plans and, and sensitive national security information as his personal papers is absurd. It's All right, let's just- stop. You see how Barr twists everything? He didn't take them. Things were boxed up, just like in your damn office, Bill, and you know this, so why are you lying? Things were boxed up. And they're boxed up by staff, they're boxed up by the GSA, who the hell knows who? It's near the end of his presidency. It's pretty hectic. It's, and they box them up, and they put them on the helicopter, and they ship them up. Why? Because they want to make room for the incoming president. They need the existing president, the sitting president, to get out. So the impression Barr wants you to, oh, I want those national security secrets. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. That's not the way it works. More in a second. Go. The doctrine they came up with for, you know, having the vice president unilaterally determine who won the election. The poll purpose... What does that have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. Zero. So far, 0 for 2. Go. The Presidential Records Act is, was to stop presidents from taking official documents out of the White House. It was passed after Watergate. That's the whole purpose of it. No, that and is not the whole purpose. I don't think he's read the act. The purpose was to prevent them from privatizing all the papers. That's true. But what else does the act say, Bill? Aren't you a lawyer? Who makes the determinations about what's personal and what's not? The former president does. Even a federal judge said that in 2012. A judge appointed by Obama. Was she wrong? Because if she was wrong, it's very interesting because that was the position the United States Department of Justice prosecutors took in defense of Bill Clinton and his classified tapes. That's the position the United States government took. This is why he goes on these shows with these patsies. Why did the United States government take that position? Bill why? And then why didn't they use 
the Espionage Act against Hillary Clinton. Why didn't they use the Espionage Act against Lyndon Johnson before there was a Presidential Records Act? They would have had clear sailing, right? Nothing to stop them. Why didn't they? He can't answer those questions, and he won't. Go ahead restricted what a president can take it says it's purely private that had nothing to do with uh the, it does uh, restrict what a president can take but the idea that president has no role in determining what is and is not is a lie it's simply not true the archives has said so a federal judge has said so the statute says so go ahead of government policy. Obviously, these documents are not purely private. It's, it's obvious, and they're not even now arguing. No document is purely private. Any document that's on presidential stationery is not private. The test isn't whether documents are private. That's not the test. Whether the documents are private documents. As a matter of fact, if you understand the Presidential Records Act, like our buddy Andy McCarthy, no doubt, there is no such thing as private documents in the Oval Office. In fact, if you try to cut around the Presidential Records Act and try and create a separate avenue of document creations and emails and texts and so forth, you're violating the Presidential Records Act. This is so stupid, Mr. Producer, that I got to respond to this windbag. I'll be right back. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right, let's keep going. Let's finish this clip, Mr. Producer, with Bill Barr. Go ahead. What they're saying is the president just has sweeping discretion to say they are, even though they squarely don't fall within the definition. No, actually, Bill, we're saying the statute says what the statute says. But it doesn't mean the government's without recourse. You're not paying attention. How did you get through law school? In fact, the government has a lot of options, but one in particular is not an option to criminalize the matter. Back like the former president of the United States stole classified information when he didn't. 
And, of course, they were in discussions. Well, that's what happens when you're jerking around the government, you know. That's right. Just roll over. Now, what he won't say, and I'll say it, and I've said it already. He's a bad listener, Bill. The government had options, including civil options. I've had to deal with this sort of thing in the past myself. In fact, when the shoe was on the other foot and we were suing the government, we sued the Internal Revenue Service, we sued the EPA, we sued other agencies. We got a uh, an order from the court, federal court, in Washington in most cases. Number one, to protect the material, and number two, to order the agency or department to turn it over. The federal government could have done exactly the same thing with these documents. They could have gone into court. They could have laid out whatever record they wanted to lay out and say, Judge Lambert, as an example, good man, Judge Lambert. By God, we can't get our documents out of President XYZ and his state. We have tried. Here's the record, so forth and so on. And then the president's lawyers have an opportunity to respond. See, that's what the government didn't want. In a criminal case, it's very difficult. And so they go there and they make their argument. So it's laid out in front of the judge, civilly, in a civil proceeding. As opposed to a criminal proceeding. There was no need for a federal grand jury. None. But if you want to be ham-handed... You want to use the iron fist. You want to use police state tactics. That's what you do. And that's what Barr is arguing for. No, too bad he wasn't that aggressive when it came to other issues when he was attorney general. But let's move on. And so the court says, let's say the court says, okay, government, I'm with you. Trump lawyers, you turn all that stuff over. I'll give you 10 days. Don't reveal anything. Don't destroy anything. Not that they would, but still. So here's my, we want protective order, okay, order of the court. We protect the documents, and you have until this date at noon or five, whatever, turn this stuff over. If you want to dispute it, we'll dispute it, but I want that stuff in the courthouse. It's number one. Number two, let's say, President's lawyers, the time and day comes. They say, well, we change our minds, which they wouldn't say. The judge then says what? Judge turns to the government, says to the government, I will entertain a a motion for an order to hold them in contempt. In fact, why don't you draft two of them? One for civil contempt, one for criminal contempt, because they have different elements. Then the judge can issue an order. He can send the, the, the lawyer or lawyers to jail. He can punish the former president. He can impose civil penalties. He's got a whole panoply of options. Why didn't they take that route, Mr. Barr? Well, they didn't like being jerked around. And that, that, that's not an answer. Who do you think you're talking to, Robert Acosta? Why didn't they take that route? 
So Bill Barr goes on TV. He doesn't understand the Presidential Records Act. He doesn't reveal to the public, because most in the public are not lawyers, that there are processes available short of a federal grand jury, short of a warrant, short of a SWAT team, that are just as effective. And particularly when you're dealing with an ex-president, you're dealing with a dispute, complicated, novel issues of declassification and so forth. Why wouldn't they follow that route? And why wouldn't they, if they're going to criminalize the matter, as our guest <coughs> will discuss further in Hour 3, the gentleman I mentioned last week, William Scharf and his fantastic piece, why wouldn't they wait until after the election? There were no statute of limitations issues. Because it gives you a sense of their mens rea, of their mindset. In committing this case to a criminal case with extraordinary steps that were taken. Extraordinary, outrageous. Go ahead. Third argument. Do you believe if he is convicted, he should serve his prison sentence? Well, I don't, we haven't even gotten to the point of you know, whether he's been convicted and also what his happens. sentence should be. I, I, you know, I don't like the idea of a former president serving time. Really? Now you make no sense whatsoever. You say it's an open and shut case. You say he's convicted of half the stuff. He's toast. What does that mean? You think the same prosecutor, Jack the Ripper Smith, you think the same government, if they get a conviction or more than one, is going to go easy? They're going to say, okay, no time? Well, you know, I don't think they should serve any time. And listen, uh, and, and all the uproar that would be created by that, one way or the other? This is what I mean. All right, let's, let's finish it up. Cut to go. How strong is the special counsel's case on what obstructions? What kind of questions are these, other than stupid? Now, you know from prior interviews, he thinks it's a killer case. And ladies and gentlemen, the truth is that when you're dealing with a jury in Miami, when you're dealing with some of these judges, it can be very tough to win these cases. But there are a number of motions that need to be filed that the judge hears, or that can be appealed to the appellate courts, or even appealed to the Supreme Court as issues of first impression, among other things. And you don't want to just leave it to the jury. Go ahead. How strong is the special counsel's case on obstruction specifically? Well, it's very strong because a lot of the evidence comes from his own lawyers. And furthermore, there's evidence of him saying things that are completely incompatible with any idea that this was an innocent document dispute. Do you believe he lied to the Justice Department? Do I personally believe it? Yes, I do. Well, that's all that matters, Bill, is if you personally believe it. Now, a couple of things here. A couple of things here. He completely moves quickly from this issue of a lot of this information comes from one of his lawyers. Now, what he would tell you is really a former antitrust lawyer. That's what he was. What he would tell you is, look, there's a crime fraud exception. And by the way, we're going to discuss this in hour three, too. 
I just can't do it all at once. There's a crime fraud exception here. And a judge heard it, and she decided that the case had been made by the government, that he was conspiring with his lawyer, or using his lawyer, to commit a crime. So you can't do that, so there's an exception for this, and that information had to be turned over to the prosecution. That was all done in secret, ladies and gentlemen. We don't even know what arguments were made, let alone the fullness of the judge's ruling. What arguments were made? We talked about this last week. Let's take this away from Trump. You're talking to your lawyer, let's say. You're being threatened by the government. Let's say it's tax case. Are you free to say to your lawyer, well... What if I can't find that document? What if this? What if that? What if fill in the blank? The answer is yes, you are. That's different than saying to your lawyer, look, I destroyed that document, and I don't want you to say a word. Or, here's the document. I need you to secrete it or destroy it. That is enlisting your counsel to commit a crime. Not when you're asking your counsel what is or is not a crime. That's the whole purpose of a lawyer. We have no idea what took place. And neither does Bill Barr. And yet look how he does this. Because he's hate. He's filled with, 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 with fire. Do you believe he lied to the Justice Department? Personally, I do. Well, he didn't even talk to the Justice Department. Oh, through his lawyers. Oh, okay. But what do those lawyers think? We have no idea. None. None. So if I don't take time to do this, nobody really is capable of doing it. They'll just sit there and look at today's headline. What's in the New York Post today, Mr. Producer? What's in the New York Daily News today? Bring in 17 guests and that'll be it. No. We got to dig a little more deeply here. But something even bigger has happened today. Something even bigger. And when we come back, I want to discuss it with you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example... Average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com.
Keep something in mind, folks. Trump is, at least for now, polling north of 50% among Republicans. So when you get a guy like Bill Barr or John Bolton or General Kelly or even other commentators on TV that just keep trashing, trashing, trashing away rather than really try and look at these things, they're attacking you too. They're attacking you too. They're attacking your intelligence. They're putting you down. It's one thing if you disagree with somebody. I have no problem with that. I do my show my way, so I'm not even talking about me. But it's one thing if you pretend to be a journalist or a commentator. I'm an activist. I'm an advocate. Life's too short for me to pretend that I'm some quote-unquote objective bipartisan type. I don't want to be bipartisan. There's an enemy, and there's a good guy. We're the good guy. I don't have time to be one of these stupid, phony journalists, and I'm not interested in it. Again, life's too short, and the country's in trouble. But all that said, when Barr says things like, you know, it's stupid, that's absurd, he's talking about you. You're stupid and absurd. So is Christie. We'll get more to Christie today. Boy, he's out there, isn't he, Mr. Producer? When it comes to youth and their genitalia, I guess Christie's been thinking about that one a lot. The issue, of course. Nonetheless. All right. As you know, I've been on the air. Soon it'll be 21 years, I guess. And uh, started out in New York. And almost from day one, when I talked about gold, I would come under attack. I did from Politico, maybe it was the Washington Post, I don't remember. And I would go back and look. And that they had gold advertisers all the time, the Post, Politico, the rest of them. But that's not even the point. The point is, you look at investments over a long period of time, not on even a year-to-year basis. You look at it through a decade's time. And if you look at that, maybe it's 12 years, 7 years, it doesn't matter, I'm just ballparking it. You can see that diversification is the key. Absolutely the key. The market really controls the price of gold. The market. Your neighbors. Not big banks, not stock speculation, not government-caused inflation. The market responds to these things. That's why they hate it. They want you to believe all your money should be in a piggy bank or in a savings account. That's why they hate it. Or it ought to be in the stock market and equities. Well, that's idiotic. The bond market, that's idiotic. Where do you put it? That's why diversification is so important. Something horrible happened today. The Biden administration sold us out to communist China. They also sold out our ally, Taiwan. If you want to see 1930s type appeasement, it's happening before your eyes. If you watch and listen closely. 
I don't have time to get to all this in one segment, but let's get started here. Anthony Blinken in a news conference in Beijing today. Cut seven, go. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one-China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution. All right, of enough the of the rest of it. So here's the deal. Under the circumstances that are taking place today, under the endless threats by communist China against Taiwan, you don't speak out this way, in this manner, about Taiwan unless you're selling out Taiwan. The communist Chinese are well aware of the Taiwan Relations Act and all the rest of it. So when you say, we do not support Taiwan independence, I could be communist China and say, okay, good. We've got the green light. What do you mean? We said we don't support their independence. Neither do we. We're communist China. We don't support their independence either. Well, we said that we don't care what else you said. Now, I want to explore this further. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, hello. 381-3811. Before we get back to Anthony Blinken, this is very, very important what this man has done and what this president has done. I think if there was any way to avoid a World War III, there's not now. Because it's clear that Blinken was groveling to G at the direction of, of Biden. Anyway, Fennerman was in Pennsylvania, where it obviously represents. Fetterman was in Pennsylvania, and Joe Biden was there. And some genius put them both on the same stage, Mr. Producer. Now, maybe they can understand each other, but the rest of us can't understand either of them, quite frankly. Anyway, but Fetterman had a few... Important words, I thought, for Joe Biden as he was praising. Go ahead, Mr. Reduce. A little over a year ago, a little over a year ago, the president and I were standing right next to each other at a collapsed bridge in western Pennsylvania, a bridge that I drove over just the night before with my young son. And he showed up with just hours, hours after that, bra- that bridge collapsed there. And he promised to make sure that any resources that they needed and any help and support 
And guess what? And guess what? That, that, that bridge was rebuilt less than a year, well, well in front of time. And again, and now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. It's a pleasure to be here and to introduce my, my friend, Congressman Boyle Bile. <clears throat> is that really the guy's name, Boyle Bile? Brendan Boyle? He called him Boyle Bile? Could have been worse, I suppose. And by the way, you couldn't see it, but Joe Biden was actually cringing the whole time. Even he was like, oh my God, wait a minute. And I blame his wife for this. That is Fetterman's wife. She knew he was ill. She knew he wasn't up to the job. She knew all, all about it. It's, it's like Jill Biden. She doesn't want to give up the White House. And so I, I blame this on birthing people, in the case of Jill, formerly birthing person. May I say that, Mr. Producer? To be respectful. All right, circle back. Anthony Blinken further at this news conference in Beijing today. Cadet, go. The economic relationship with China is vitally important and also when it's fair. Um, a very positive thing for countries around the world. And at a time when countries are trying to rebound from, from COVID, something the United States has done very successfully, uh, we want to see growth. We want to see success in every part of the world, uh, including, of course, in the major economies like China. It's in our interest. Um, but at the same time, right, as right, I right, said... Okay, okay. No, it's not in our interest for China's economy to be strong. Would Ronald Reagan have said that about the Soviet Union? And China's a bigger threat to us today than even the Soviet Union was. Ronald Reagan tried to destroy the, Chinese, the uh, Soviet economy, and he succeeded. I don't think he'd be saying it's in our interest for the Soviet economy to be strong. And so here you're seeing appeasement all over the place. No, we don't want to support Taiwan independence. Okay, just shut your mouth. Uh, we want to see China's economy to be strong. It's in our interest. No, it's not. Folks, they steal all our stuff. They're building a military to go to war with us, starting with our allies. They send a spy balloon across the continental United States. Now we're supposed to believe it was an accident. They just happen to go over our nuclear sites. I mean, so the communist Chinese take all this in. They see Blinken for what he is. A coward, a nerd, a buffoon. Sure, we'll go along with the game. We got no problem with that. That's what they're saying. That's what they're thinking to themselves. 
there's simply we better get rid of these people as fast as we can which is why I get so disgusted with the Bill Bars and the Chris Christie's of the world and that's okay as long as we don't like Trump well Trump's leading so let me put it to you this way if we lose this election I put it at the feet of these Republicans Mitch McConnell Bill Barr, Chris Christie, John Bolton, Asa Hutchinson. I don't mind a good fight in a primary, but that's not what these guys are doing. These guys are trying to destroy the leading Republican. And maybe he won't be the leading Republican forever. What do I know? But the point is, he is now. And so it's hard enough to take on the corrupt Democrat Party, the corrupt media, corrupt academia. It's hard enough to defeat that but to have these constant stilettos stabbing the back of your head, your neck, your back, makes it that much harder. To go on TV and give the enemies of this country, who are literally trying to turn it into some kind of Marxist regime with wide open borders, with fentanyl coming into this country, killing 100,000 people at a time, who are attacking our Bill of Rights. They get on TV in a sanctimonious, self-aggrandizing way. Because you're trying to cripple the guy who has over 50% right now in the Republicans, among the Republicans, is sickening to me. Like I said, it's one thing for a candidate to duke it out with another. That's not why Chris Christie's there. Nobody cares about Chris Christie. Not even Mrs. Christie. In fact, when that all-you-can-eat smorgasbord play, what's it called? Corral? Something or other? Golden Corral. When they see Christie coming, they shut those doors and bolt them up as fast as they can, Mr. Producer. They don't want to lose money that week. Oh, my God. And when they see Christie and Bill Barr coming, it's like, oh, my Lord. It's like a hurricane. And when those two are done eating, trust me, it is like a hurricane. What would you say about a delegate from the Virgin Islands who says President Trump needs to be shot? Is this getting much attention today other than on talk radio? I don't even know. No, it's getting no attention today, Mr. Producer tells me. None. It's exactly what I mean. Somebody said that about a Democrat. You know, their hair would be on fire. And you wouldn't blame them. But when it's said about Trump? Okay, who cares? This Stacey Plaskett is among the worst of the worst. She went after the two independent journalists. Remember that time? They were testifying. Talibi and Schellenberger Burger. Hamburger. Whatever. She wanted to throw Talibi in prison, as I recall. The Virgin Island, Mr. Producer, the Virgin Island's nice. I've never been there. Have you ever been there? I hear nice things about them. But should we just cut them loose and say, you're not a territory anymore, take care of yourself? I'm starting to wonder. When you send a jackass like Stacy Plaskett to Congress, that's a problem. At least she doesn't get the vote. She's a delegate. 
Well, why shouldn't she vote? Virgin Islands is not a state. Ooh. Why let that get in the way? Well, here she is on MSNBC yesterday. I want you to think about this. Cut five, go. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone. He didn't do any of that, you thug. You thug. He didn't do any of that. I'm sure you were very concerned about Hillary Clinton, weren't you, you jerk? Go ahead. Comes through should be terrifying to all Americans, mm-hmm. and he needs to be shot stopped. He needs to be shot stopped. Now she's saying she accidentally misspoke, Mr. Producer. Did she apologize to the former president? No. He needs to be shot. Stop, stop. I meant stop. Stop. Stop, of course. And how would you stop him? Hmm. That's a tough one. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking earlier about Chris Christie. Before we get to him, though, a related matter, however, and I'm serious about this. Wall Street Journal, U.S. becomes transgender care outlier. As more in Europe urge caution. In other words, we are so radical on this transgender issue as we are on abortion. The U.S. has become an outlier among many Western nations in the way its national medical institutions treat children suffering from distress over gender identity. For years, the American healthcare industry has staunchly defended medical interventions for transgender minors, including puberty blockers, which suppress the physical changes of adolescence as a treatment for those distressed over their gender. The European medical community, <coughs> excuse me, by contrast, is expressing doubts about that approach. Having allowed these treatments for years, five countries, Britain, Sweden, Finland, Norway, and France, now urge caution in their use for minors stressing a lack of evidence that the benefits outweigh the risks. This month, the U.K. publicly funded National Health Service limited the use of puberty blockers to clinical trials, putting the drugs beyond the reach of most children. 
Quote, these countries have done systematic reviews of evidence, says Lior Saper, a fellow who studies transgender care at the conservative-leaning Manhattan Institute think tank. They have found that the studies cited to support these medical interventions are too unreliable and the risks are too serious. Many countries still allow puberty blockers as a clinical option, including Canada, Spain, and Australia. Some of those countries are also urgent curtailment. In Italy, for example, the president of the Italian Psychoanalytic Society wrote a public letter to the Italian prime minister in January expressing serious concerns over the use of puberty blockers. Of course, in our country today, you'd be accused of being a white supremacist, I guess. In a congressional hearing last week, Republican politicians and their expert witnesses repeatedly cited European examples of increased caution and portrayed Democrats in the U.S. medical community as having gone too far in making treatments readily available for minors. Representative Dan Crenshaw was one of the critics, saying we need to look at these activities in Europe. Democrats say Republicans are attacking transgender youth to score political points. So when you raise this, you're attacking transgender youth, when in fact you're trying to uh, you know, protect them. Frank Pallone Jr. is an old fossil out of New Jersey. Parts of New Jersey like Patterson and so forth. I like these parts of New Jersey. But I can't stand political hacks like Frank Pallone. Low IQ, barely literate, a product of the machine. They're telling parents that Republican politicians know better than they do what is best for the child, said Representative Frank Pallone at a hearing last week. No, they're not, you moron. Can't you listen properly? So this crap's being pushed by our schools, by the transgender community, LBGTQ, NFU. The U.S. medical community has not wavered in its support for medical interventions and continues to recommend puberty blockers and hormones for minors as a clinical option. I like the concerns raised by many authorities in Europe. U.S. medical associations often treat the science beyond such medical interventions as settled. Yeah, I remember they just did that like a couple years ago with another matter, didn't they, Mr. Producer? Last week, delegates at the annual meeting of the American Medical Association, radical leftists, endorsed a resolution co-sponsored by the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Association of Clinical Endocrinology, and others. They reiterated support for access to medical intervention, saying the GOP claims about transgender care, quote, do not reflect the research landscape, unquote. Uh, Yes, they do. Big time. But now it's a big industry. It's a big industry. Now you understand, it's a civil rights matter. It's a political issue. Science. The left and science. Is that not a joke, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, I think it is a joke. In fact, a significant percentage now of our medical schools will only allow applicants to succeed in attending those schools if they answer certain questions. And not just about this, but about DEI and ESG and so forth. Which, of course, are intended to make sure that they only have a medical system 
or a school system that reflects their ideology. That's what's going on. And it's, uh, it's shocking. So, so here's Chris Christie. I think it's the last cut, Mr. Producer. And he's asked about, not this, but asked about his view over the weekend. Why anybody cares, I don't know, but we'll play it. Go ahead. Republican governors across the country have been banning... Oh, wait a minute. It's fake tapped out. Attacking Republican governors with another repubic. They know when they want to attack Republicans, bringing the biggest repubic they got. And he's big. He's a heavyweight. Go ahead. Republican governors across the country have been banning hormone therapy and puberty blockers for transgender people under 18 years old, though only they're banning those procedures only as trans health procedures. They can still do them for other purposes, uh, puberty blockers, etc. As governor of New Jersey, you signed into law some legal protections for trans people, including students. What do you make of your fellow Republican governors and candidates going in the opposite direction? Hold off. We ran out of time. I'm not playing games. When we come back, I want you to hear the answer. So he signed them into law. Oh, lots going to come out with this guy. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right, let's start at the top. Question asked of uh, New Jersey's Hindenburg by Fake Tapper. Go. Republican governors across the country have been banning hormone therapy and puberty blockers for transgender people under 18 years old, though only... They're banning those procedures only as trans health procedures. They can still do them for other purposes, uh, puberty blockers. Excuse me, Jake. Uh, why didn't you tell him all of Europe is doing the same thing? That way your audience would know that. But no, it's the Republicans. Thank God for the Republicans, America. Or God knows what kind of surgical procedures your children would be receiving, assuming they survive birth under the Democrat Party. Go ahead. Of New Jersey, you signed into law some legal protections for trans people, including students. What do you make of your fellow Republican governors? Before and Christie answers, here's my question. I mean this with all seriousness. How do you, with a straight face, collect millions and millions of dollars to do a show that nobody watches? How do people do this, Mr. Purdue? I'm quite serious. Millions and millions of dollars for a show nobody watches. But he does. Go ahead. In the opposite direction. 
Jake, what I believe we should be focused on most importantly in these issues is making sure there is parental involvement at every step along the way. Um, I don't think that the government should ever be stepping into the place of the parents in helping to move their children through a process where those children are confused um, or, or concerned about their gender. Um, and, and I just would say that parents are the people who are best positioned to make these judgments. And so what I'd like to make sure each state does is require that parents be involved in these decisions. You know, we're talking about students. I assume you mean people under the age of 18, Jake. And the fact is that folks who are under the age of 18 should have parental support and guidance and love as they make all of the key decisions of their life. And this should not be one that's excluded by the government in any way. Now, look, we all believe in parental decision making, all of us. But nothing's off the table. Nothing. So if a parent wants their seven-year-old to watch pornography, is that okay? Or they want their eight-year-old to smoke marijuana, is that okay? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, there's certain parameters. So he's he's confounding and conflicting a few and uh, and overlapping a few things. Yes, we want parental control, but we also want societal barriers. Unlike the left that wants no societal barriers, that want to impose their will, their perversions, their, their freaky ideas without parental knowledge. So this has nothing to do with that. Nothing. And so there's a lot of people who do not believe that children, <coughs> that is minors should be subjected to any of these surgeries or drug-induced treatments. Now, once they hit the age of 18, you know, they can do what they want. I'm one of those people. Unless you can show truly an extraordinary basis. I don't know how you do, but you can't be so blithe about these things. So surface level... But, you know, you know, I just think it's a parent's... I have no problem. The parents should have a say what their kids are taught and all the rest of it. But you have, for instance, parents. You'll have, a, you'll have a mother who takes the father to court or the father takes the mother to court trying to prevent the other parent from acceding to the 16-year-old or 15-year-old's desire to have her breast removed. Remember that case? So it's a little more complicated than either of these two knuckleheads actually let on. But I wanted you to hear that. All right. There's another very important. We're hitting a lot of important topics tonight, I feel. The American spectator, David Catrone, who I like, don't know him, but I, I think he writes well on big subjects. Trump lawyers targeted by dark money group. This is important. If you can't get a lawyer, you can't get due process among the unusual features of last week's arraignment of former President Trump in Miami involved the difficulty he had finding a qualified attorney to represent him in the classified documents case brought by special counsel Jack Smith the corporate media inevitably made much of this issue the Washington Post for example 
quoted various anonymous sources who claimed that Trump's reputation as a challenging client, quote-unquote, caused several prominent lawyers to turn him down. In reality, the problem resulted from an intimidation campaign by a radical pressure group called the 65 Project, whose explicit mission is to ruin any lawyer willing to represent Trump. According to Influence Watch, the group was founded by former Clinton administration official Melissa Moss and its managing director's former Perkins Coie attorney Michael Teeter, T-E-T-E-R. It gets worse. Quote, the 65 Project's senior advisor is David Brock, the founder of Media Matters for America and American Bridge 21st Century. The group initially went after 111 attorneys in 26 states for representing Trump or questioning the irregularities associated with the 2020 election. So all you lawyers who are targeted now, now you know who to sue. Among others, you sue Michael Teeter, Melissa Moss, and David Brock. Who did they go after? They included Ted Cruz, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz. The latter described how the 65 Project has intimidated potential Trump lawyers in a recent Substack column, they have treated, they, excuse me, they have threatened to file bar charges against any such lawyers. When these threats first emerged, he said, I wrote an op-ed offering to defend pro bono. Any lawyers that the 65 Project goes after. So the 65 Project immediately went after me, says Dershowitz, and contrived a charge based on a case which I was a constitutional consultant but designed to send a message to potential Trump lawyers. If you defend Trump or anyone associated with him, we will target you and find something to charge you with. He says the lawyers to whom I spoke are fully aware of this threat, and they're taking it seriously. So this 65, what's it called again? 65 Project is destroying our Bill of Rights, the right to due process, the legal profession. Because that's what bastards like these do. Typical example of the group's tactics can be found in its attack on Georgia attorney Kurt Hilbert. As recently as February 2023, Tito wrote to the State Bar of Georgia requesting an investigation into Hilbert pursuant to his representation of Trump and other plaintiffs in four lawsuits resulting from the state's incompetent management of the 2020 elections. Quote, we write to request that the Office of General Counsel investigate the actions taken by Kurt Hilbert relating to his effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Oh, you're not allowed to try and overturn results in a state now? Democrats do this all the time. In fact, they do it on the floor of the House. Good to know. Such ethics complaints, no matter how spurious, inevitably lead to protracted inquiries that damage the reputations of their targets regardless of whether or not the charges possess any genuine merit. This is, of course, the point. Many lawyers will think twice before inviting an ethics complaint by representing disfavored clients. The resultant chilling effect has now spread to other GOP candidates in races unrelated to 2020. Carrie Lake, for example, had difficulty retaining attorneys when she contested the 2022 Arizona gubernatorial results. Bloomberg quotes her thus, quote, We had attorneys who did walk away because the left is threatening them 
with their ability to make a living and practice law. The 65 Project Final Ethics complaint against Kurt B. Olson. Kurt B. Olson, who represented Lake in two lawsuits pursuant to her 2022 race. The following excerpt is typical of the inflammatory language used in these complaints by the 65 Project. Quote, Mr. Olson attempted to overturn the 2020 election and now seeks to overturn the 2022 Arizona midterm. A full investigation by the Office of Bar Counsel will demonstrate the egregious nature of Mr. Olson's actions, especially when considered in light of his purposes, the direct and possible consequences of his behavior, and the serious risk that Mr. Olson will repeat such conduct unless disciplined. The supplemental complaint demonstrates that Mr. Olson is already a repeat offender of the rules of professional conduct and can only be stopped through disciplinary action. Unbelievable. And they would only file these things, ladies and gentlemen, if these bar organizations weren't radical left-wing Democrat organizations. Each of these complaint letters begins with this introduction, quote, the 65 Project is a bipartisan, nonprofit effort to protect democracy from abuse of the legal system by holding accountable lawyers who engage in fraudulent, unethical conduct, seeking to overturn legitimate election results, unquote. Despite this claim to bipartisanship, the group's website contains zero complaints on lawyers who represent Democrat candidates. There's nothing, for example, involving scandal-plagued attorney Mark Elias or his attempt to overturn the 2020 election of Republican Representative Marinette Miller-Meeks in Iowa's 2nd Congressional District. Elias is no stranger to ethics sanctions, yet the 65 Project has never questioned his veracity. So how come the... IRS status of this group is not attacked by these lawyers. It certainly should be. And the mission of 65 Project extends beyond ruining the careers of individual lawyers who dare to represent Republicans in election disputes. The group also purports to be protecting future elections. The 65 Project has filed ethics complaints against 15 state attorneys general, all Republican. Many amounts a little more than election interference. A particularly egregious example involved Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge, whom the group went after during her 2022 campaign to become the state's lieutenant governor. Less than two months before Election Day, the 65 Project filed a complaint alleging that Rutledge was involved in a dark plot to overthrow the 2020 presidential election. Their complaint, of course, was leaked to the local media, making it a campaign issue. Fortunately, the voters of Arkansas recognized the smear for what it was. And Rutledge trounced her Democrat opponent by 12 points. All of which brings us back to former President Trump's Trump's situation. It's abundantly clear. The Biden administration plans to keep him tied up in legal battles throughout the 2024 election cycle. Equally obvious, the 65 Project will try to prevent him from retaining qualified attorneys, interfering with his Sixth Amendment right to legal counsel. Yet according to a new Harvard Caps Harris Poll survey, 55% of voters say Trump's recent indictment is politically motivated, including 83% of Republicans, 55% of independents. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's see. Biden's thugs arrested Donald Trump. Yeah, he was arrested, folks. And now they want to put him in prison. Anybody see anything wrong with that, Mr. Reducer? Of course not. Let's see here. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Next hour, we're going to have Will Scharf. Will Scharf is going to become famous by the time I'm done. He's running for Attorney General of Missouri. That's the show-me state. Woo! But anyway, former federal prosecutor, you know how I feel about them, but this guy's a good guy. And uh, he's the Republican candidate for Attorney General of Missouri, and he's an actual litigator who's done a lot of thinking about what's been taking place with this Department of Justice in Miami. It doesn't take a lot of brains to do what Bill Barr's doing, cheerleading what is a an outrageous, unprecedented, historically contemptible event. It takes brain power to take it on. And that's what Will Sharp does. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Adam Schiff is on MSLSD yesterday. And, um, oh, they're speculating if Trump becomes president again. What are we going to do? They're already, let, let me be clear. They're already planning to impeach him. They're already planning to impeach him. Uh, the, uh, the senator from Connecticut, uh, Denang Dick Blumenthal, he said that that's their plan. And, of course, Eric Holder picked up on that. And uh, being another dim-witted former attorney general. So they're already planning to undermine the vote of the people regardless of what happens. I mean, only if they lose, of course. So here's Adam Schiffless on MSLSD yesterday. Now, he's on this program, and the host of the program is Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, I want to put a challenge out to you. May I? I think I will. Why don't you move your show to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday? What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? 
Move your show to 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, Pasaki. Let's see what happens. Let's just try it. But this is the, the nature of the media. You see Democrat in, Democrat out. Democrat in, Democrat out. They move in and out of the government, in and out of the media. Same people. All right, cut four, go. I mean, and if there is an enemies list, you're probably on it. I'm sure you've thought about this. What could a Trump DOJ do to make your life difficult? Well, let's stop right there. If there's an enemies list, you're probably on What kind of a question is that? Is there an enemies list? And if you're on it, will you be targeted? Let's put it a different way. Adam Schiff targets people he doesn't like all that. The guy wants to be a senator now. Can you imagine? He wants a promotion. He wants a promotion. A slime ball crackpot like this puke now wants to be a U.S. senator. That tells you the system is dead. It's dead. Well, this guy should be doing prison time. He should be. He lied to the American people over and over again. Use the phony whistleblower. You know, their whistleblowers are, don't mention their name. Other whistleblowers who put it fine. What's the name? Oh, it's Frank Smith. Oh, go ahead. The other day, uh, Trump uh, said I should be imprisoned. And of course, it's not the first time he's called for jailing. Well, you should be imprisoned. I think that would be a good thing. You should be in a cell with a guy named Bruno. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. And, you know, you have to wonder, could... And if a- not named Bruno, maybe Bruce. Maybe that. You should be in a cell with a guy named Bruce. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Go ahead. Trump, uh, unshackled by any opposition, uh, somehow used... Shut up, justice- you maniac. Oh, Trump. You know, all this talk about this evil Trump. And yet he was president. He didn't violate... The Constitution, he didn't violate any court order. And despite what uh, was size 83 uh, suit Mr. Uh, Bill Barr has to say, he didn't violate any law. I think even Barr would agree, certainly not when he was Attorney General, he would have done something about it. So they create this specter all the time. Now they're breaking the law left and right. On the border, not enforcing the law. Student loans are trying to take care of that business without going through Congress. Uh, Violating separation of powers. Uh, We've got Joe Biden, as I presented last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin, my various uh, exhibits of one after another after another uh, situation in which the Bidens just happen to make millions. They did it legitimately. And their business? No business. They must have been selling the name. No, of course not. People just paid them, particularly foreign governments, particularly foreign front group companies. Oh, yeah, they paid the grandkids because they're so knowledgeable. So this is what goes on. But we want to thank Schiff. At least he didn't say he felt that uh, Trump needs to be shot. That would be Stacy Plaskett, the a-hole from uh, the Virgin Islands. Anyway, go ahead. 
to imprison his enemies. There are a lot of things that we have seen take place in this country in the last several years that we never would have imagined possible. Uh, we thought we were exceptional in the sense of this was a problem other countries had. It wasn't a problem the United States of Isn't America. Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird how the Democrats think of themselves? They actually think of themselves as Democrats, little d Democrats. They actually think it is they who stand between us and tyranny when they're the tyrants. Isn't that amazing? And it still goes on to that. Go ahead. We have seen uh, since Trump's ele- election the steady degradation of our institutions. And were he given the chance no, again? You, you, you're the arsonist. You're the one burning down our institutions. You little creep. You and that idiot Nancy Pelosi, who was the leader before. The Democrat Party hates America. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow. And among other things, it hates law and order. It hates the Constitution. It hates you. Hates American citizens. Hates capitalism. I'm not making this stuff up. It's their own words and their own actions. And they embrace the philosophy of of numerous communist revolutionaries, some of them unwittingly, but a lot of them wittingly. And the media go along. Like this idiot here, this Pasaki. Anybody know Pasaki? If you know Pasaki, tell her I said, let's go toe-to-toe. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Let's do it. Throw the best you have it. Well, she's not, but of course. Let's give it a shot. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, I've never met the gentleman, William Scharf. How are you, sir? Doing great. Great to be with you, Mark. Longtime fan. Well, I understand you're running for Attorney General of the Show Me State. Is that correct? That's correct. And what do we show each other in the Show Me State, or should I keep that private? Well, you know, I think it's, uh, it's really it's an attitude. It's a way of viewing the world that we don't yeah. take things at face value. You've got you've to show us. And what we keep seeing over and over again is uh, the mainstream media and the radical left, uh, they want us to take them at face value. And as you and I know, we've, we've got to dig deeper. So. You know, it's funny. I once asked uh, Mike Pence, what is a Hoosier? <laughs> and honestly, I stumped them. Anyway, uh, I want to discuss this piece you had in the, uh, in the Federalist the other day. I read it to the uh, nation, to the audience. And I watched this Bill Barr on TV. It's very, uh, it's, it's revolting, actually. And there's a couple of things you raise here that I think are very, very important. For instance... This guy, uh, Smith, the so-called special... Co- he didn't have to bring this case now, did he? No. Uh, there's, there's no reason, there's no statute of limitations that required them to bring this case at the height of a presidential election. Uh, prosecutions are never supposed to look political. They're never supposed to feel political. Uh, this feels like a political prosecution, and I just wish they'd, uh, they'd waited until after the election was over if they were going to do something like this. Mm-hmm. So he could have waited. I guess President Trump's lawyers could still file a motion asking the trial to be pushed till after the election, correct? 
Yeah, they could move to continue the whole thing tomorrow. Uh, and it would be interesting to see how uh, how the special counsel would respond to that. Yeah, and I think they would do everything they can to push that guy on his heels, don't you? Yeah, I mean, look, his record is just, uh, it's not a good record. Uh, the Bob McDonald prosecution alone, where he went after, as, as you know, a, a popular former Republican governor of Virginia, uh, and the Supreme Court threw out those convictions unanimously. So this is a guy who's, uh, he's a, I think he's a, he's a pit bull. I think he's ideologically motivated, and they've got to do everything they can to fight back against this prosecution. And you say that as a former assistant uh, U.S. attorney, correct? Yeah, I was a federal prosecutor. I also clerked for two federal appeals court judges, just trying to read the law and the case as I as I see it. What do you make of this thing that really it's not the Presidential Records Act, but the Espionage Act that's the key? What do you what's your takeaway from that? Well, I think the key thing is the interplay between the two acts, Mark. That under the Espionage Act, under the section they've charged the president, uh, they have a high bar to prove his willfulness, his knowledge. They can't just show that he had some classified documents or classified marked documents at Mar-a-Lago. They need to show a lot more than that. And based on the president's rights and his responsibilities under the Presidential Records Act, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to show that President Trump uh, knowingly and willfully uh, kept materials that he knew he wasn't supposed to, supposed to have. That's a, that's a high bar for them to reach. If he believes he has the right to declassify on the spot, I do too, by the way, but if that's his belief, and he believes this is covered by this other law, the Presidential Records Act, and everything's thrown together in boxes and so forth, and he resists the government demand, turn it over, turn it over, turn it over, how's that obstruction? Right, and I think that if he thought he had, a, he had the right to keep these documents, if he thought that these boxes were not something he had to turn over to NARA, uh, the, the National Archives, then it's tough to make this prosecution stick under the act that they've charged him with. And on the classification point, I would just note that even if he didn't declassify these documents, that doesn't mean that they constitute national defense information under the Espionage Act, which is it's a different classification under the law. It's a it's a different statutory system altogether. So the, the special counsel's office is trying to make this look like a rock solid case. And I see it just based on a very shaky foundation. And they're put pictures out of the boxes and how the boxes were treated and they're making references to classified information and so forth. Uh, in addition to your last point, why else would they do that? Well, I think that the, the point of this indictment, the point of the rollout, the point of Jack Smith's press conference uh, was to prejudice the country against the president, uh, that they know the, the strength or lack thereof when it comes to their case. Uh, and I think they were trying to really posture that they were coming from a position of strength. When if you actually look at the law and you actually look at the allegations, I think this is a much weaker case than Jack Smith would have the country believe. We're talking to Will Scharf, who is running for attorney general of Missouri, has a fantastic pedigree here. Uh, so when Bill Barr quotes Andy McCarthy, who quotes Chris Sununu or something along those lines, that uh, if he's just convicted of half the charges, he's toast. Uh, why do they think this is such a slam dunk case? Well, I, I think it's also worth noting that Bill Barr said that it would be, I don't want to, I, I forget his exact wording, but he said it would be an outrage if President Trump was sent to prison. That would be yes. bad for democracy. Mick Mulvaney uh, today had an op-ed out where he said basically the same, that this case shouldn't have been brought now, that bringing this case was 
was bad for the republic. Uh, so I, I would just say, you know, from my perspective, I read the indictment, I read the law, I responded to that, and I, I don't see the same case that I think these guys see. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you about the courtroom. I want the American people to understand this. If it ever comes down to classified documents, number one, you have a right to a public trial, correct? Yes, sir. Number two, how does the government intend or expect to keep every one of these documents secret from the American people? If I'm a defendant, I'm going to challenge every damn one of these documents. The classification of the document, uh, whether I declassified the document, whether or not it's the government's property, whether or not, as you point out, it was misclassified. I'm not going to just let the government walk away with that argument. So how is that going to play out in open court? Yeah, I think this case, starting a couple weeks from now and continuing until the day that it, it reaches its final judgment, final resolution, is going to be hotly contested. President Trump has a great legal team around him, Todd Blanche, who's now his lead attorney, highly accomplished attorney, really knows what he's doing. I think they're going to contest every single evidentiary issue, as you said, uh, the classification and the privacy of these documents. I think the other big issue, and I've, I've written about this, is uh, attorney-client communications, uh, other potential areas of, of uh, I'd say, malpractice or um, things the government's already done that I think, uh, in terms of misconduct, that could cast doubt on the, the entire case. I think this is going to be hotly contested from day one, and certainly if it goes to trial, uh, there are going to be a lot of evidentiary motions that they're going to put in front of Judge Cannon, uh, and I think that they're going to have the right to to seek to have this case framed the way they want and not the way the government wants it. And there's going to be appeals, correct? Even interlocutory appeals if needed, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the same way we saw Bob McDonald's, uh, Jack Smith's prosecution of Bob McDonald thrown out, you know, by a unanimous Supreme Court. Uh, I could easily see issues, uh, issues here heading up to the Supreme Court as well. Let's talk about attorney-client privilege. All that was litigated in secret. We don't know exactly what took place. Uh, we have people getting in, well, turning out the crime fraud and telling us what the crime fraud exception is. Your point is, we don't need a lecture about what the crime fraud exception is. What we want to know is what exactly what was contended and what this judge ruled on, because you point out in your article, it's one thing to run by your lawyer a whole bunch of scenarios. It's another thing to actually enlist your lawyer in a criminal enterprise, right? Yeah, uh, two very, very different things under the law. And breaching attorney-client privilege is not something that any judge, any court uh, should undertake lightly. Here, I think the government was hell-bent on getting Evan Corcoran, President Trump's attorney's uh, testimony in, because they needed that uh, to show the president's intent to make these Espionage Act charges. I think that's the same reason they attempted to exert undue pressure on, uh, on NAUDA, President Trump's co-defendant's lawyer, uh, to try to get him to flip. They need somebody in the room who can speak to President Trump's state of mind. And without those attorney-client communications, as of now, I don't see that. In fact, Will Scharf, there was another leak, a long leak. It was either the Post or the Slimes, one or the other. And laying out that they needed that attorney-client information from Corcoran, his notes and his testimony, to make the bulk of their case. So if that's thrown out, then the bulk of their case is thrown out, isn't it? I, I, think, that's a, I think that's very likely. Without Corker, and it's tough to see how they pull this thing together, particularly on the intent issues. 
Isn't that amazing to you, though? Isn't it amazing to you? You're going you're gonna to indict a former president who's the re- leading right now, Republican nominee, to take on the sitting president who runs the Department of Justice. And you're going to use this as the, ba- as the basis for arresting him? Look, and the other thing about I don't really want him sentenced, you're prosecuting him for the purpose of sentencing him, aren't you? Yeah. Look, you know, the attorney-client privilege, it's one of the, as you know... Uh, hold on, hold on. We're going to keep your thought, Will. I, I mistimed this. I want to keep you after the break. Will Sharp is running for attorney general in Missouri, whether he likes it or not. I'm going to endorse him. We will have his site up on all my social sites if you want to help him. And I'll be right back with him in a moment. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Will Scharf. Will Scharf will also be on Life, Liberty, and Levin on uh, this Sunday. Um, wanted to get more into this attorney-client privilege issue. I was, I was saying, Will, the idea that the attorney general would sign off on charging a former president, the leading candidate so far against his boss, in an unprecedented act, where they have all the documents back, where there's no indication, even in their filing, that any of the documents were destroyed or altered or sold to the enemy or shared with the enemy. Uh, They got their documents back. The idea that they would use, a, in my view, a violation of attorney-client privilege, which is the source for most of this, and they would take a case of first impression, no former president, no former vice president, no former cabinet secretary has ever been charged under this statute, even though Hillary could have been theoretically. She wasn't even investigated for obstruction, even though Lyndon Johnson could have been and so forth. So, It really is shocking to the, to the court, is it not? Yeah, absolutely right, Mark. You know, it feels like there were five or maybe even six or seven different points in this case 
where DOJ decided to take the most radical interpretation of the law. And only by doing that at, at multiple different points in the investigation and their framing of the legal arguments, only by doing that were they able to string together this indictment. Um, but it's a really it, it's scary for the future of our country when you have a sitting president's Department of Justice running roughshod over normal legal practice to indict a former president who's also your your boss's chief opponent for, for the presidency. It's a, it's really scary stuff. It's it's dangerous stuff. And what do you make about all the predicates that are already there when it comes to Biden and his family, the money coming in in wires to different shell corporations set up as LLCs from the communist Chinese, where you have um, bribes being suggested, apparently, in a, in a, one, in a 1023. And now we know uh, from the whistleblower, <coughs> excuse me, to Grassley, I suppose, that uh, that they have video. I go on and on and on, and yet no special counsel. Mark, if that 1023 from Ukraine that said that Biden and his family took five or ten million dollars in return for influencing American policy and getting that prosecutor fired, if that 1023 is true, that's the greatest scandal in American history. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there hasn't been a full and complete investigation, the fact that the government is still playing games in terms of letting that information become public and letting it be publicly tested, I think is outrageous. And the fact that President Trump was indicted a day after that 1023 was finally released to members of Congress and word finally started getting out, uh, I mean, again, it just smacks of political timing, and that's the opposite of what you would hope for in a case like this. Mr. Producer, you have cut one there. I want to play for you, Will. Will Scharf, uh, running for attorney general uh, in the Republican primary in Missouri with my full support. That won't, Will that hurt you? I hope not. That's not my intention, obviously. Um, Folks in Missouri love you, Mark. Well, thank you. Um, let us play for you a little back and forth between Robert Acosta of CBS and Bill Barr. Go ahead. Do you believe that that he continues to claim that he has all these privileges and rights under the Presidential Records Act. Is he mischaracterizing the act? Absolutely. Uh, The legal theory by which he gets to take battle plans and and sensitive national security information as his personal papers is absurd. It's just So let's stop there. So, Will, my first comment there was, that's not how this works. They box up all this stuff. And he doesn't box it up. Staff does. Maybe the GSA does. They're trying to get the former president out so they can get the new president in. That's the theory. They box all this stuff up. And when they get around to looking in the boxes, they get around to looking in the boxes. They're not clerks. They're former presidents with a thousand things to do. So, number one, that entire setup by Barr is not correct. Do you agree with me? Couldn't agree with you more. If you look at any picture of President Trump's desk, from his time in the White House to before that in Trump Tower, you will see news clippings and pictures and signed letters, any number of just personal memorabilia, uh, which would be personal records under the Presidential Records Act. That's what they were trying to box up. And if some other documents were mistakenly intermixed there, I don't think that reaches the level of knowingness and willfulness required to string together a prosecution under the Espionage Act. And as a former prosecutor, you certainly wouldn't assume that or push us to that point, would you? No. I mean, again, it's, you know, it's almost like a courtroom objection, you know, objection, not in evidence. 
that the story that's being told by the mainstream media here hasn't been proved up by the special counsel's office. I doubt if they can prove it up. Uh, and until they've put up, until they've showed, shown us what they have, the president's entitled to a presumption of innocence. And, and this case is just a gigantic distraction from a, from a presidential campaign. That's how I view it. Continue, Mr. Producer. Go. They came up with, for, you know, having the vice president unilaterally determine who won the election. The whole purpose of the statute, the Presidential Records Act, is was to stop presidents from taking official documents out of the White House. It was passed no, no, after. no. All right, all right. That's not the purpose of the statute. Presidents took documents out. They were personal property of the presidents, but it wasn't just to stop them from taking documents. It leaves to the president and his staff the power to uh, segregate the documents, that which belonged to him and that which belonged to the government. So they set an entire system up here, correct? Mark, I'm a textualist. I, I believe in reading the text of a statute or the text of the Constitution, and interpretation follows from there. I've read the Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act sets up a system where the president can designate some records as being personal, and he retains, retains possession of those. Even with respect to his presidential records, he retained certain rights of access to those records. It's much more complicated than this just being an act that says the president doesn't get to take anything. That's not what the statute says. And he completely ignores that 2012 decision by Judge Jackson, who's a leftist, who's an Obama appointee, who said the president has extraordinarily broad powers under the Presidential Records Act. She would not give to Judicial Watch... Uh, the information they wanted via the National Archives, these tapes or parts of these tapes that uh, Clinton kept in his sock drawers, even though they had classified information. By the way, you're not aware that they ever used the Espionage Act against him, are you? <laughs> no, not to my knowledge. I mean, I was thinking he and the wife could both be in prison together, given what they were doing. Now, all that said... Um, again, the point is that you don't look... Let me ask it to you this way. If the government really was concerned and needed to get those documents, why would they impanel a grand jury, go through this long process? Why would they get a warrant? Why would they do an armed SWAT team search and all the rest of it? Why not walk into the judge's courtroom where both parties are present and take a civil track and say to the judge, I mean, I've done this before, and say to the judge, Look, we view this law to say this. They have these documents over here. We need you, Your Honor, please, to put out a protective order and also order them to return us the documents in 15 business days. And then the judge does it. The other party's there. They can object whatever they want. And then the other party says, no, we're not going to give them to you. We've decided no. Then he can hell them in civil contempt or criminal contempt. Why wouldn't they follow that route rather than grand jury, warrant, SWAT team, what's all that about? You know, Mark, I think it's it's a trend. It's a trend that goes back to Crossfire Hurricane and the, the fake Russian collusion investigation in the 2016 election. There, are, whenever, whenever these guys, this sort of law enforcement set, uh, look at President Trump, they always seem to take a maximalist approach, uh, an approach intended to just to get him, to get him in cuffs. That's their goal. And I think that's just wrong. You know, you mentioned the Clinton sock drawer case. It's worth noting that there you had a liberal judge looking at a case brought by Judicial Watch, a conservative organization, and she tossed it. 
saying that Clinton had broad discretion to designate records however he wanted. Now the shoe's on the other foot, and it's a Republican president being pursued by leftists, and suddenly the same legal commentators, the same people who would have supported Clinton back then, uh, have completely flipped. And, and that's not the way the law is supposed to work. And, well, you know who else flipped? The government. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly The government right. flipped. The government was making the arguments that Bill Barr just blows off. And, and on, on a constitutional or key statutory issue like that, for the Department of Justice to flip its opinion, I mean, as you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that's passed mostly without comment, I've seen Mike Davis and a few others talk about it on Twitter or on TV, yeah. but the fact that that's passed mostly without comment, I think, is, is damning here. It's shocking. Well, listen, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Will Scharf. I'm glad you wrote that piece. Apparently, you know my stepson. I was unaware of that, but that's a great thing, too. And um, we'll have you on Sunday. Look forward to it. Really looking forward to talking with you. Thanks so much for everything, Mark. All right. Take care of yourself. Guy's a sharp dude, is he not, Mr. Producer? Good, good, good. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. When a prosecutor puts out a 49-page indictment the way they do, and that's all you have, it can be overwhelming. Particularly for people who are novices at this, or people who've never seen an indictment like this, or charges like this. But there's always two sides, sometimes more. And so this is why I've been astonished by the level of really stupidity by so many of the people out there who have law degrees, some of whom have resumes as former prosecutors and so forth, former attorney general. And so it suggests to me that they have their own animus. It suggests to me that they are intentionally misleading the public, and I believe Bill Barr is doing that. Why would Bill Barr be showing up on as many shows as Michael Avenatti, Mr. Producer? I'm not saying Barr is a crook, obviously, but obviously he's been showing up on as many shows as Michael Avenatti. Or Stormy Daniels. He's not the modern-day Stormy Daniels, is he? Well, in the right light, you never know. But you get my point? And uh, the argument, somebody made it, I forget who it was, because I read it somewhere, but I read so much, that, uh, well, you know, Trump's going to have to take the stand to explain every one of these documents. Excuse me. The government's going to have to allow every one of these documents to see the light of day. There's no way around it. Now, surely the prosecution knew this when they brought their case. And they lined it with references to classified information. Even though they're arguing the case is an obstruction case. So what they'll try to do, I already know what they'll try to do. What they'll try to do is say the substance of the documents, that's not really the issue, Your Honor. The issue is the fact that he, he stole them. He stole them. He wouldn't give them back. He stole them. 
Let me get this straight. So a former president of the United States who's running to be president again, in the face of this Department of Justice and this rogue prosecutor, stole documents? Does that make sense to you, Mr. Producer? Because you know what? I'm going to steal documents. Now, they know what I have. They should know because they keep a database. But regardless, they know what I have. They can know what I have. They will know what I have no matter what I want to do. And so I'm going to steal them? Now, come on. I almost wish I was taking this case. Now, a lot of you are going to say, well, go ahead. I can't. I'm under contract to do a thousand other things. But my God. Bill Barr announced that if the government wants to call him as a witness, he's available, Mr. Producer. A witness to what? Has this guy lost his mind? They call you as a witness? Yes, they call me as a witness. Yes, I'm prepared to go. I would do it. What am I supposed to? Of course I would. Witness to what? Is he an expert witness? No. Expert witness on what? Classified documents? You don't need him for that. Expert witness on what? His lack of enforcement of, of any of these laws? No, you don't need him for that. What would you need him for? All right, let me do it this way. If the Trump team needs me as a witness, I'd be more than happy to be a witness. What to? I don't know. I don't know. But I can do this too. Wait a minute. He's a witness. I'll be a witness. He was an attorney general. I was chief of staff to a real attorney general. I can do this too. Tomorrow there's a big announcement. I hope you'll join me. We'll talk about it right in the first hour. We'd love to have you here. And I want to thank you all for being here. It's a great honor to do this with you every day. And trust me, I know I'm blessed in our major, big town hall meeting. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow. God bless. 